Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I know that you're all itching to know what happens in season two of My Name is Earl. Uh, And if that is the case, don't be listening to this podcast because we're going to be spoiling it. Lots of spoils. Of course, once you've watched, please come back and listen because we really need that listenership. Please. Thank you. I hate the word. I got, I got trust. I got one leg and a pocket of ticket. I'm going to play a little cornstarch. I'm my werewolf, man. Luigi Mario. Hello and welcome to Missions X Leguizama Rama, a podcast where two old university friends get together once a week and watch one thing starring their favourite character actor, John Leguizamo. Uh, I am one of those hosts. My name is Zachary Ruane. You might know me from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Superstar Gala, hosted by my comedy group Auntie Donna. Um, a few weeks ago, televised recently. I don't know when this is going out. I'm joined, as always, by my formidable co-host, Miss 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 Switchup, <laughs> uh, who you might know from uh, having two lines as a voiceover for Michelle Brazier's show at Melbourne International Comedy Festival called Average Bear, which might not sound like much, but it got me a pass. Oh, that's fantastic. I encouraged Michelle to cut those lines, not because of Mish's performance, but because structurally I felt they were unnecessary. Did you really? But she cut them. No, I'm joking. I was just talking about at the, you you actually said it. I was just, I just thought it would be funny to, I didn't actually tell her to cut the lines. Thank you, God. No, that would have been fine. Like, let's be honest. I think like you, you would not know it was me. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're, it's a career movie. No, but thing. imagine though, imagine if someone went to her show, heard my voice. Who, who's that? Fam- big, rich, famous people that can make me rich yeah, and famous. That's not how it works. I think it is. Um, they that's come and they go, wow, who's that? And then someone it, like from across the theatre goes, that's Mish Wittrop. She does a podcast. So they saying that in the middle of the show? Yes. That's not, that's not how it works. It, is, it definitely could happen. Um, do you not know that David Boreanaz, is famous from Angel and Buffy, mm-hmm. playing the role of Angel, was discovered eating lunch at a fucking Burger King? Yeah, that happens. Yeah. But he wasn't, I doubt he was discovered by the casting director of Buffy. He was probably cast, discovered, discovered by, by a model scout. Or a manager. You're a scout for So a I'm suggesting that a manager or a scout, a model scout, goes to Braz's show, hears my voice and went, reckon she's hot. Okay. And then they cast me as a model. But then you got to work. you got to work because then you get your opportunities. you got to deliver every time. Do you think David Borean has got that opportunity? Do you reckon someone walked up and said, hey, you're beautiful, you're having some lunch, you're beautiful, come on over, be in Buffy? No, they probably said, hey, you got something. Yeah. You got something, come to the office. And then he would have charmed him. Then they would have said, let's get some photos. Then he would have delivered. And then they would have said. I can do all. I can be charming. I can deliver. Absolutely. I'm just saying there's not going to be someone that comes along. Here's a line in Michelle Brazier's show goes, who's that going to be? Maybe they'll say, who's that going to be? And then they're going to go, right, we're going to get you started by getting you an audition for Neighbours. But then you've got to walk in the room and you've got to deliver. I could deliver for Neighbours. I could deliver for neighbours. But what if what if instead of neighbours, it's Joss Whedon and he's casting for Buffy? Joss Whedon, it, uh, would I want him to be my boss? Have you heard the story? Yeah, I've heard the story. <laughs> I'm so, saying that with neighbours, I think there's a good chance I could be cast because let's be honest, neighbours, a little behind the eight ball, but they're trying to diversify mm-hmm. and they don't have a fatty house. Like, Are you proposing a whole <laughs> house of fatties? Yes, they need a house full of fatties. But like, what about Liz, just but like, like Lizzo type fatties that are like, like hot. Yeah, hot fatties. Like hot fatties, like me. I'm a hot fatty. Yeah, you're a, 
I'm not going to engage with this conversation <laughs> on, uh, on any level, but I am going to engage with the idea of a hot fatty house. Yes. So famously Neighbours um, yeah. is a show that, you know, Sometimes brings a family in. A new family has moved into the house that was once the Ramsey's yes. house. That's how they'll introduce characters. the Kevin Harrington family. The Kevin Harrington. Fa- Kevin Kevin Harrington was um was he a family? Yeah, he was. He, a, was, he was the dad. He was Didge's dad. No, he wasn't. That was sh- uh, that other guy, Shane. Not Shane Jacobson. Shane something. Shane something. He was Didge's dad. Was he Didge's? Yeah, and he was Lynn. No, that wasn't Didge. That was him and Lynn. He was. Um, Do you know Holly Valen- He was Holly Valance's dad. Kevin Harrington was Holly Valance's no, dad. No, no, no. Shane. Shane was Holly Valance's dad. Which would Shane also have Shane and Lynn were Holly Valance and the other one's dad. Yeah, and then Didge's dad was Kevin Harrington. Didge was a dad. No. <laughs> so you saying Kevin because Harrington. Kevin Harrington was not Lou, the other one, Harold's son. Yep. So you have to be a fan of John Leguizamo and on top of Neighbours in the 2000s to okay, enjoy this so, podcast. So I have a friend, mm-hmm. a very good friend, who is obsessed with Neighbours. Okay. Uh, I think he wouldn't mind me saying his name. His name is David. Okay. I'm going to message him right now and say, who was Didge's dad? But, and by the end of this episode. But I just the reason why I'm incredulous right now, the reason why I'm thrown by all of this is I don't think of Kevin Harrington's character as a father. I think of him as a son because he's Harold's son. So yeah. So who was and Harold's I don't grandkids? Think, I don't think Didge was Harold's granddaughter. That's what I'm struggling with. I think that Didge. I think it's Didge. Well, can you also ask? And who was her grandfather? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what's key here. If I had known Didge was part of that lineage, yeah, I would have had very different feelings about Didge. Okay. No, I, I wouldn't have. I had great feelings towards Didge. Yeah, I thought Didge was great. Didge, Didge died after childbirth, right? Did Di- she? No, did did she? Did she? Did she? Did she? Did Didge either died after childbirth or died? No, she died after childbirth, but almost died in a forest. Wow. Yeah. Looking up Didge now. No, but don't because then you'll find out the answer, and I want to get it from David. No, I know I won't. I won't. Um, I won't say anything. Um, Didge played by Eloise Mignon. Mm-hmm. We love who, Didge. Who is Eloise Mignon? Is um, theatre royalty? Her parents like started a theatre company. Oh fuck yeah! Fun fact: I had a big crush on Didge. I know that. Loved Didge. If you're listening, Eloise Mignon, too late. <laughs> I'm taken. Zach is spoken for now, Didge. I'm spoken for now, Didge. Okay, David's replied. Oh, my God. What did he say? Steve was her dad. Uh, She was adopted. uh, uh, Who uh, played uh, Steve, uh, though? Ask him who played Steve. I'll look up Steve. Who played Jim Parker was her grandfather? Yeah, so Who's Jim Jim Parker? Parker is not Harold is the point. So I'll accept my apology with a side of fries. Who was Harold's grandkids? Who is Harold? Not certainly not Didge. This is amazing. I think it's absolutely like David. For all accounts, is the coolest dude. Like he's mm. just fucking cool. He's like writes music reviews. He has a couple of podcasts. He's got a real thing for like Aussie live music. He's a fucking legend, and he loves neighbors. And I respect that so highly. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's kind of like my thing for Survivor. Um. I think that... But my thing's less cool. (laughs) I think that Neighbours... I actually have a great segue from Neighbours Mm -hmm. to our topic today. Oh, that's cool. Would you like to hear it? Uh, Just so you know, the person who played Steve was Steve Bastoni. Okay. Uh, This David, of course, told me that. And I'm showing Zach a picture now. Ah, yes. That's Didge's dad. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, that yes. is Didge's dad. All right, anyway, enough I think of I saw him in like a um, Joanna Murray Smith play once that was just like, you know, just upper middle class yeah. people troubles. You know those shows? Where yes. It's just they, they love him at Melbourne Theatre Company where it's just like, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I've, I've um, uh, you know, it's, oh, my God, what are you doing here? And then you go and have a glass of wine at intermission. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the party's here, but where's the rest of the family? 
Oh, you're all here. Oh, my God. Oh, why can't we just get along? <laughs> oh, yeah, very good, very good. I'm not too far outside of theatre yet for that to not... That's not that weird. <laughs> like, oh, darling. Yeah. It just plays, just like... Um, we're just if, you, if you're not from... Joanna Murray Smith's a great writer. Great writer. I, I, there was a bit of a... But um, if you're not from uh, Australia, if you're not, if not from the Australian theatre scene, there was a play called Summer of the 17th Doll oh, from uh, maybe 70 years ago. Yeah. And it, it, the, everything, main stage theatre for the last 70 years has just been trying to reclaim the glory oh, yeah. of Summer of the 17th Doll. <laughs> oh, God. I think every... One, two theatre studies students studied Summer of the 17th Doll. Ah, what are you doing here? <laughs> here, wait, I'll read a direct quote if you'd like from Summer of the 17th Doll, if I can find a good one. Summer of the 17th Doll is about, um, uh, pe- like, barley farmers yeah. or something living in the, in, the, um, in the Carlton townhouses, which back then were gross and small and for poor people. Yeah, that's it. So a quote from Summer of the 17th Doll, for example, is, but the ordinary bloke's got a way out, he does. He can get married. There's always been a sort of reason why I could never do such a thing. So um, also on that. You know, that- it's a funny thing, all the wim- women, spelled W-I-M-M-E-N, I've ever knocked around with, there's never been one of them ever knitted anything for me. Now what do you reckon that is? I should also say, um, so Joanna Murray Smith does a lot of plays about like upper middle class people, right? Which I actually don't mind. It's upper middle class people go and watch their plays about upper middle class people dramas and they go, very good, very good. I see myself up there. Clap, clap, clap. But there's also a vein. I quite like that. There is also a vein in Australian theatre of like, what is it to be Australian? And what of the poor people? And there's a lot of theatre that's just like... I wrote a play about poor people living in commission homes and being violent to their women. <laughs> I've, I've written a hard-hitting play from the perspective of poor people. Mm. And then it's like handsome young NIDA graduates just, just, just before they jaunt off to Los Angeles playing yeah. poor people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, all, it's, it's very there, odd. There's always a scene where they're yelling at someone in their family. Why don't you get out of here, Marjorie? Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. Or like a young son in his early to mid-20s who's just never, his parents never understood him. And yes. so, he's, so he says stuff like, you never understood me, you never did. I tried, Mum. I tried for years. And I said to you, I said to you I'd be going north and you didn't even listen. You didn't listen, Mum. Like that kind of stuff. And you best believe if if one of them, you best believe if one of them uh, uh, masculine men is a bit homophobic, oh, he's coming out by the end of that show. Yeah. It's because I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a homophobe because I'm a gay man. It's like, okay, very, maybe he's just rotten. (laughs) Or maybe, uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe it's just like, it's very, it's funny. It's a very funny thing of just like a lot of, it's like, why do they do that? (laughs) It's like, like, it's like they write, it's like, it's, it's like writing a play about why do the poor people do that? And I wanted to explore. I've never met a poor person. My I've father, heard they do stuff like that. My father was a um, was a novelist, and my mother um, worked as an architect. But I will say this though: <laughs> the local butcher, he doesn't seem rich, but he's very nice. He, you know, he's very nice, and he's I, from uh, Vietnam. <laughs> so I went to St Kevin's, and and that's where I discovered my love of. Theatre and every way, every day on the way home to work, um, for, to school, I used to catch the train home to school uh, from school, and sometimes there were poor people on that train. And mm. I thought it was a great equaliser. <laughs> when I when I I got the um, when I got the artistic directorship of the Melbourne Theatre Company, I thought. Well, you know, we're talking about middle class people, <laughs> middle class issues, and I thought. 
What about the poor people? I don't I don't think enough credit is given to them. So myself and my partner Joshua. Ah yes, Joshua. Uh, we took a cruise last year. Yeah. Um and it was through the islands. And at one point we stopped over in Samoa for ah, yes. a lunch. Yes. Oh, I tell you what, that village Can I say yes. your play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your play uh, that Joshua directed. Ah, yes. I saw it in Sydney when I was in Sydney. Which one is directed four of my shows? No, well, the one about uh, the complexity about the, the with the entirely white cast living yeah. in, living in, you know, going on the cruise mm. and seeing the poor people in Samoa. Oh, yes, my that's the play I called Samoa. I certainly, I certainly questioned my own privilege when mm. I saw the show. I, I, I remember saying to my partner, I said, well, uh, darling, um, mm. um, maybe we are as privileged as those characters. Mm. You know, I thought long and hard about that. I'm s- it's like you've got it. You know, yes. you understand it. I tell you what, after I took that, that trip to Samoa and I saw that small village for, yes. the, for the 65 minutes we were allowed to be there. Yes. Um, it changed Joshua and my life completely. Since then, every year we give an undisclosed amount to <laughs> to Samoa, and um, oh, wow. yeah, and, 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 like undisclosed because it's tacky to talk about money. But we give them a bit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I um, I did a play about poor people. I saw it, and um, we we did interviews with poor people, and we oh. wrote. Um, monologues about the poor people, but from their perspective. That, like the Laramie Project. Yes, but we wrote the monologues based on some interviews that we did. Well, you couldn't go word for word because some of them have awful vocabulary. Oh, my goodness, yes. You couldn't do a verbatim piece. Well, no, no, not at all. Also, verbatim, I I think it's a little modern, it's a little much. No, we we, we wrote the monologues about the people, Mm. but it was from the perspective of the people and... And um, you know, but yes, I could I could hardly understand them though. Yeah, and um, this and like, like, like. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to obviously uh, cut a lot of that. Of course, we, we wrote them, you know. But it, it was trying to find their perspective, maybe their sexist towards women mm. because um, you know, they don't understand, yeah. or maybe they are homophobic because mm. they themselves are gay because they don't understand, yeah. you know. Um. And we were trying to find that in the characters. <laughs> uh, it was very powerful work. Mm. And um, we even tried to, you know, tried to do some, um, you know, sell some cheap tickets at the front of the of the theatre, mm. you know, for underprivileged youth so they could see themselves oh, on the stage. I've, I've, I believe that you've started something there and that more theatres should offer up more poor people tickets. Oh, no, we had to stop that. They were being far too disruptive. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they didn't understand. I mean, I, I, they were talking and they were the children, they were so rude. Nothing we tried... makes me madder than people who don't know how to watch theatre. Absolutely. And we, we Etiquette, theatre etiquette. I'm not asking you to not put your elbows on the table, dear. I'm not asking you to not swear in your own time. I'm asking you to have a bit of theatre etiquette. I mean, etiquette. we're trying to make some, some theatre about you, for yeah. you. Yeah. And, and, and Don't be selfish. We wrote, I wrote one email to a principal of the school and I said, you know, if, if you're going to... It was just awful. Mm. They were talking the entire way through it. They were laughing at some of the parts that I had decided weren't the funny. The sexual parts? Well, yes, and the sexual parts and there was, there was you know, quite confronting language, mm. you know, and... Um, and and they were just laughing at it. I remember and, that. And I was like, I ha- I I didn't decide that was funny when I yeah. directed the show, so you shouldn't be laughing. Mm. Like that part in uh, your most recent play, uh, where yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know where Lysander yes. speaks of Elizabeth's supple breast. Oh yes, yes. It's a beautiful monologue yes. about femininity, yes. <laughs> spoken by a man. Yes. Uh, they laughed for hours like they'd never heard the word bosom. Well, I said, you know, we were working on that production and I was, <laughs> I was uh, in a meeting in the morning. We were, we were, li- we were putting together the uh, next year's mm. uh, shows and let me tell you, some exciting stuff. All I'm going to say is David Williamson's back. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, that's all. That's all. You know. I am shaking. Oh. I'm so now. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to remove this giant serrated knife from up my bottom. Yes. Because I hate myself. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. And I, I got into the, the into the rehearsal room for an hour or so. I had to step out to talk to the um talk to the major sponsor Mitsubishi. Yeah. They were sending a representative mm. and I had to talk to them, you know, the schmoozing that you have to do. Mm. I Networking. So I stepped into the rehearsal room for uh, for an hour and the assistant director um, sort of presented a bit of a piece and I said, of you course, know, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun, it's fun. You know, you're talking about bosoms. Mm. I think this might be funny. And they said, oh, I don't know about that. And I mm. said, no, try it funny. And they did and um, we decided to keep it like that. And mm. Yes, well, I will just say, you know, um, the same fucking people that, Go to the same <laughs> fucking shows every fucking time. They all yeah. fucking seem to like. <laughs> well, that's that's really lovely for you. Anyway, that was a good bit. I like do you want to keep doing? It? Do you want to? No, do a I'm bit more well bit? done. I was done when I said the whole knife thing up my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so I got two segues. Do you want me yeah. to just do both? Yeah, man. So the segue when we were doing neighbours was going to be. By the way, Sky and Summer, Harold's grandkids. Actually, I'll tell you the neighbours so, so, segue. Sorry, later. Sky and Serena. Sky Harold. Harold's grandkids. There you go. Mm. Sky. She had a music career for a short time, a as bit. did Holly Valance. Um, so, what was I going to say about. Oh, the segue. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about stories about poor people that I'm not entirely sure were written by and for them. Mm-hmm. My name is Earl. That's a good segue. Do so you have you. a second segue? No, I'm going to save it. Okay. Because I've, I've, I've realised I've got a funny joke in my blurb that that would ruin. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this, this week we watched episode 10 and episode 11 of season two of My Name is Earl. Episode 11 is the story of Earl, played by Jason Lee. And his stupid brother, played by a guy I thought I was in more stuff, and then I Googled him and he wasn't, as they uh, go down to Mexico to save a girl who got sent there. Meanwhile, Jamie Presley takes some time off being bitter about Margot Robbie stealing her career to do a (laughs) B-plot about taking pills that make her less angry. John plays Diego, a bandit from Mexico who loves America but has not received any information about it since 1988, so thinks Americans, America's president is Senor Reagan and shit like that. Episode 10 does not feature John Leguizamo. <laughs> Michelle told me to watch episode 10 and I watched the whole thing. And then there was a guy that I saw the <laughs> back of a head of a man and I thought maybe that's John Leguizamo, <laughs> only later realising that that was John Leguizamo's assistant. <laughs> I called Michelle and said, hey, have you watched episode 10 yet? And she said, yeah, John Leguizamo's not in it. (laughs) I'm really sorry. I got very confused (laughs) because IMDb says he's in two episodes. Yeah. But then any information about it just says episode 11. Now, it's an understandable confusion, IMDb, because Mm. episode 11 is part two Mm. and episode 10 is part one of an episode called... Crossing the border or something. Crossing the border part uno. Yeah. Crossing the border part due. I don't know Spanish. Yeah, neither do I. Um, so I'm. I did you sit through episode ten as well? I did, Mish, because and thank you so much for all of the work you do behind the scenes. I'm forever grateful, Mish. Sourced it, found out which episode to watch, told me to watch episode eleven, and then last night said, "Oh." You also have to watch episode 10. It's 10 and 11. And I said, thanks, Mish. Then the next day, sat down. This was this morning. (laughs) sat down. I was like, geez, I wish it was only one episode. I only really have half an hour to watch that. (laughs) But that's okay. I'll watch the one episode now on the train and then the other episode I'll watch on my lunch break where I'd rather be socialising, talking to people. That's fine. So then I watched all of episode one and I sent Mish a message saying, Mish, um, hey, Joe. Have you seen episode 10 yet? Because what I was going to do if she said, no, I haven't, I was going to say, oh, don't bother. Just watch episode 11. But she said, yes, he's not in it. And I thought to myself, wow, I wonder <laughs> <laughs> what happened between Mish telling me to watch episode 10 
Did you watch it after you told me to watch it? Yes. Yeah. And then you didn't think, and after you watched it to go, hey, Zach, he's not in debt. No, no, because when you messaged me mm-hmm. about it, I just finished watching. Ah, did you watch it this morning? No. No, I messaged you this morning. Oh, did you? Yes, Fuck. I did. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't care. I'm really sorry. I actually like, let's don't be care. honest. Like, it's nice to watch an episode of something that only goes for 22 minutes, especially mm. when it's something like My Name Is Earl. Like, what? imagine if we had to. <laughs> but imagine if I'd said you have to commit to an hour episode of something. I got to tell you, I was so excited when I was like, "Oh, good, we only have to watch 22 minutes of something." Mm. Finally, you know, I got a lot to do. Finally, I only have to watch 22 minutes of something. Um, and then I watched 22 minutes of episode 10 and I thought, ah, he's not in that. I know Mish is busy, like I'm busy, we're both busy people. I'll just shoot her a message, tell him he's not in episode 10. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm actually not bitter at all. I also said to Mish before we went in, I'm going to like go you about something, yeah. but I'm not actually bitter because I'm not bitter because um, I love watching <laughs> Well, no, in fairness, it gave episode 11 a little bit of context. That's true. Um, and but so does the voiceover at the start yeah, of episode. In fairness, <laughs> so does the um, previously on My Name is Earl yeah. that explains everything that happens in episode uh, 10. Uh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. Is it is John Leguizamo in episode 10? No. Because <laughs> he's not. <laughs> have you ever watched My Name is Earl before? Fun fact about me and My Name is Earl. When I, My Name is Earl came out in like 2005-ish, mm-hmm. I was a big Kevin Smith fan. Still, still like Kevin Smith, but I, I was a big fan then. So I really liked Jason Lee because I really liked um, Kevin Smith. And I thought, oh, cool. Is he in a lot of Kevin Smith stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know Jason Lee from Almost Famous. Is he in Almost Famous? Yes. Who is he in Almost Famous? The lead singer. Is he? Yes. And I I haven't seen Almost Famous in a really long time. Clearly me neither. But I really liked that movie because I thought it made me interesting to like that film. Mm. You know what I mean? I bet you saw a little bit of yourself in What's-Her-Name. Yes, of course I did. (laughs) Uh, In um, Penny Lane. I think it would be very fun for you to write a comedic character or something about all of the female characters you liked circa 2004. I don't know if a lot of people could relate to it. Do you think they could? Everybody my age. Every girl your age would relate and, and thereabouts. That being said, though, I do think. Something about Girl Interrupted and Penny Lane from Almost Famous. Would, yeah, would and there would be others as well for sure. Um, I think, like, you know, adding on to our Miriam Margulies, adding on to our Whoopi Goldbergathon, whatever, Frances McDormand would be a great one. Oh, yeah. She's also an Almost Famous. She's yeah. my mum. And yeah. she's excellent. So he's anyway, in have you ever... More Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob, Struck Back, Jersey Girl, Clerks 2 and Cop Out. Oh, okay. Famously cop out. Um, I don't think I've seen much Kevin Smith as you read that list. Uh, I haven't in a long time. Dogma, very important film for me, but I haven't seen it in recently enough to be able to like give it a full-throated in, enthusiastic endorsement, mm-hmm. but a very important film for me as a young uh, Catholic at the time. Mm. It sent me on the path. <laughs> To agnosticism and then atheism. (laughs) Not in the way that people worry. It wasn't because it put ideas in my head. It just put language to the ideas that I was already having. I love that Kevin Smith helped you become an atheist. I imagine he helped a lot of nerdy boys become atheists. That, That film is very much like about religion. And I think came out in like 97. Mm. And right now, I don't know if you know much. Have you seen much about the little Nas X that stuff that's going on at the moment? Little is that that gonna take my horse to? Oh wow! <laughs> you that... don't know. You, yes. 
No, I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, he is, you know, he is. He is. What's happened? Tell me. He's doing. I've been working, like, so just for a bit of clarity. Busy girl. I've been very, very busy the last fortnight. Yeah, no. In particular. Totally so I have missed all the little Nas X. Is that the same guy? So so what he's been doing is he made a very provocative music video. Is this the horse one? No, no. The horse one was last year, darling. <laughs> Oh no! I'm still in my director character. No, that's one of those. That's one of those songs that I. Ne- I it was so bad. Like, no, oh really? No, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. No, I hate that song. Oh, I like it. And one of those songs I don't understand how it got famous. Oh, I could tell you, TikTok. Yeah. So, <laughs> TikTok. Um, no, he he's he's um, he's basically done like a prayer, and he's done like a prayer. His latest music video is like a prayer. And um, trying to think of other examples, and like WAP or Anaconda, and something really like um, a huge step forward for for LGBT representation as well. Like, what's something that did that? Oh God, Troy Sivan comes to my my yeah, head. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's it's kind of that's where it's at its most. Like it's never been, but basically it's and it's the first time I've ever seen this. It's it, he is doing, he's putting LGBT queer sexuality in a music video in a way that's usually only ever straight sexuality. It's very very provocative. Why very, is that a problem? It's not a problem at all. Oh, I thought he'd like created some sort of problem. He lap dances on the devil. Cute. <laughs> it is. It's great. <laughs> um, and now he is just on fire on Twitter. He's just like trolling every single conservative. It's like, it's very like a virgin. It's like like a virgin, not like a virgin. <laughs> like a virgin. It's just like the old 90s playbook of upsetting Catholics. It's dogma. It's like a virgin. It's like, I thought that type of... Uh, thing was over, but it's not. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and god, he that's is great! Like, he is just so funny, He's so so funny. Anyway, that's what's happening on Twitter, mm-hmm. and this was that then. Dogma was okay. that. Like Catholics were so upset about dogma, they were so upset. They were like, "God isn't a woman, but God is played by a woman." Is in that this Alanis movie. Morissette? Yes. So cool. And then you watch the movie, and they're like, "God has no form. God I'm- is neither neither male nor female, but." Um, in this movie, sh- God will appear in the form of Alanis Morissette. And that's really fun, right? I love that. But then the Catholics were like, God isn't a woman. It's a great film. I loved it. That's great. Anyway, I Here's love a, Jason Lee. Just a very quick gripe on Alanis Morissette. Okay. I hate that it. I have a gripe. I fucking love Alanis Morissette. Just, I want to give you a heads up. I know Alanis Morissette. I don't. I lied. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just fucking weed. <laughs> I've never met a lot as Morrison in my life. Fuck no, no, because this isn't really a gripe. No, this isn't a gripe. I remove the fact it's not a gripe. I'm never, I I, it's don't a question know that I put to Alanis Morrison. You're allowed to. Say, you're allowed to. <laughs> this one goes out to you, Alanis. <laughs> I'm sorry about the Gretel thing. You can you can no, take no, no, this no, away, but Alanis Morrison. No, this Morissette. isn't because I actually love her. Like I love Alanis Morrison. I love her music. I actually love her new album, even though it's not doing as well as I think it should. I thought it was great. And Jagged Little Pill is fucking iconic. Ja- Alanis, I nearly called her Janice. Alanis Morissette unschools her children. She's very open about it. She talks about it in interviews and stuff. I'm very confused by what that is. It sounds insane. What is, oh my God. So the concept of unschooling is where you, it's the children choose what it is that they want to learn. So you teach them what they want to do. So if you're like, let's do math and they go, fuck off. You, they go, the parents go, no worries. What would you like to do? And they go, watch TV. And they're like, great. You can watch cartoons. Um, but then they might be like, oh, do you want to cook something with mum or dad? And the kid's like, fuck off. And they're like, okay, what do you want to do? And they're like, throw stones at a tree. They're like, great, you can go do that then. Um, it's time for bed, dear. It's nine o'clock. Fuck off. Okay, you stay up to when you want. It's like you let your children choose how they want to be taught. Okay. Um, but I might have gotten that wrong, although I do a friend of mine it from sounds way like back you, when. I don't know anything about unschooling. Mm-hmm. Anything. This is the first time I've heard of it. This is literally the first time I've ever heard of this concept in my life. Mm -hmm. The only information I have about unschooling is what you just told me. And even with that that knowledge base, Mm -hmm. I think you're getting it wrong. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. So it's like, am I getting this wrong? (laughs) 
if anyone out there knows a bit more about unschooling, please feel free to DM us. But I heard her mention it in a um, like interview, mm. and then I looked it up a little. I think I wiki paged it mm, or something, mm. and I was like, that sounds mental. So if someone could please. I definitely saw a thing once on 60 Minutes about ladies that let their children pee in the garden. That ain't yeah. happy then. Dude, we know somebody who lets their kid piss in the yard. Well, I can't wait for you to tell me <laughs> in about 10 minutes who that is. <laughs> I will tell you. We should talk about My Name is Earl. Uh, um, yes. I... No, so that's what I was going to say. I was a big Jason Lee fan. So when it was on the telly, I heard, I was like, oh, great. Jason Lee is doing a television sitcom. Mm. And that was before I realised that actors do jobs and just because he was in one thing doesn't mean he was like, you know what I mean? Like actors have less power than I think people think. Yeah. Um, And I watched a few episodes and it wasn't really for me. It was a bit, it just wasn't super for me and I, Mm. I didn't watch many more episodes. Fair enough. I'd never seen My Name is Earl, so I didn't know the premise of the show. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know the characters. Um, I know that Jason Lee's brother is the dude from Remember the Titans. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I did not do a good enough Google search. I'm pretty sure he's also the dude from. He's in everything. He's in the butterfly effect. I didn't care for that film. Yeah, me neither, actually. We should talk about that sometime. Yeah. That guy would actually be a great guy. What's his name? Kucha. No. (laughs) The guy who plays. Ashton (laughs) Kucha. <laughs> the guy who plays Jason Lee's brother in My Name Is Earl. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's we should we should do a podcast <laughs> about Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Not about Ashton Kutcher. Why would we do a podcast about Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> do you think if we did, anyone would listen about Ashton <laughs> Kutcher? <laughs> that's what I want. What a shit fucking person. <laughs> Do you remember when um, Ashton Kutcher? No Ashton Kutcher, if you're listening, sorry, dude. Do you remember when Kutcher played? I love your wife. I think your wife is funny. Yeah, and you seem like a good guy, yeah, Kutch. I've got no problems with you. Can Cooch. I call you Kutch? I've got no problems with you, Kutcher, but no offense, it never occurred to me to make a podcast about you ever. Yeah, and I mean, like, we did a podcast about Leguizama. Do you remember when Kutcher um, played <laughs> Steve Jobs in the. I never saw it. No, I saw the good one. (laughs) (laughs) So Kutcher played Steve Jobs. Um, About a year before the movie Steve Jobs came out, Kutcher was in a film called Jobs. Jobs. And it was like... It was like, how good is Steve Jobs? He started in a garage and then he made the iPod. And that's my impression of the movie. And then Steve Jobs, the movie, is like, oh, complex, bit of a prick, you know, like much yeah. more interesting. Who plays Steve Jobs in that one? Uh, Michael, Michael, the guy from 12 Years a Slave. I always forget. Fassbender. Fassbender. He's very good. He's very hot. And it's also directed by um, Danny Boyle, who's one of my favourite directors. Oh, yeah, cute. I love the film Steve Jobs. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's better than Social Network. Is there anyone in the movie Steve Jobs that is in My Name is Earl? Can we bring it back? Mm, no, Connected. but yeah. But the, uh, uh, the mother of Steve Jobs' illegitimate child plays the teenage girl who has the illicit affair with John Leguizamo in Babysitters. Oh, zap! <laughs> oh, that was fucking beautiful. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I mean, the whole time I was watching that movie, I'm like, what's she off? And mm. then I was like, oh, Steve Jobs. She's very good in it. I think Only in like two scenes, but my, very good. My theory on the show My Name is Earl is it doesn't have a strong enough premise. You know how you were saying your favourite horror movies are the ones that have, like, that are character-led? Was this you saying that? Mm, No. I said the best horror movies are metaphor. Okay, wrong. Anyway, my point is I think that they... They were like, oh, we'll make this a character-led comedy and we'll just give it a real baseline plot, right? Which is, like, great. But they didn't give it enough because the premise, I think, essentially is that Earl was a cunt... Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong on this because no, literally true. I've watched two episodes yeah. of this show in my life mm-hmm. in the middle of season two. Mm-hmm. That Earl was a cunt. Earl mm-hmm. wins a lot of money with a lottery ticket, loses the lottery ticket, mm-hmm. and then goes, well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life undoing my bad deeds and 
because ca- he discovers karma. Yeah, he discovers. So he tries to be karma. to be a good good boy. Yeah, and I think that's most of season one. Mm. I, I did a bit of googling. I think season one is that, and then it just becomes characters going on adventures. Mm. Every now and then, he talks about the list. Yeah. U.S. sitcoms are about volume. I think they're about like set up some characters and just mm. have them do things for yeah. as long as possible yeah. until someone cancels us. Yeah, like that's really the thing. And then, and then, um, like, did my name was my name is Earl a popular show? Yeah, yeah it was fine. It was like, would it have been nominated? Yeah, he got nominated for the Emmy twice. Did he win? Don't think so. I think oh, it was well. in that realm. You know, like it wasn't. I'm trying to think of what 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 the modern equivalent of my name is at all would be. Happens less though because it came from an era. Oh, where when, they loved it. Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, is a perfect example. Like it 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 was. You know, Two there girls, was HBO. A guy at a pizza shop or whatever it is. Yeah, it was HBO. Mm-hmm. There was HBO. There was Showtime. There was AMC when that show came out. Like there was. A bit of prestige television. Mm-hmm. It was post Twin Peaks and to- post. Well, Twin Peaks was network. It was post those shows, mm. right? But it was also pre like Netflix. Yeah, I get you. So like there wasn't like particularly sitcoms. I, I don't think like I think it was fine. I think it was like a Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. You know, that's where I would think I would place it. Yeah, like Same. it wasn't. It certainly wasn't a. Um, uh, arrested development. Like I used to watch Malcolm in the Middle when I was young. Ma- Malcolm in the Middle when I was younger. But I remember not being pissed off if I missed an episode. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't like I had to watch every episode of Malcolm in the Middle. So this shows, like I would say, Arrested Development or like um, uh, like uh, The Simpsons or like I thought of something else that was of that era that was just like really really good. Anyway, it wasn't that. Mm. It's just a show that was on. Did you enjoy the episodes you had to watch? Did I enjoy the episodes of My Name is Earl? Yeah. We made an agreement, you and I, (laughs) after the first two podcasts we did, Mm. the first three where we were just like, let's not look at that through the lens of now because Mm -hmm. then we will spend the whole time talking about how offensive it was. Yeah. So that's the agreement we made. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So what I found, is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's just a very, like it, it's 2006 or whatever. It's very, it's very, I've not been to Mexico. Mm. So maybe, maybe Mexico is like that. Mm. I would be surprised though, because there's like big cities and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's very, it felt, it, it, it. can I say one interesting thing about Mexico? So this is about, like, the Westerns and stuff. Um, I don't know a lot about this, but do you know the uh, Dollars trilogy, um, the Clint Eastwood, a few dollars more, Good, the Bad and the Ugly is yes, the most yes, famous yes. one, Fistful of Dollars, a few dollars more on the Good, Bad and the Ugly. Um, they're Italian. They're Italian films. Did you know this? I had no idea. So The Good, t- the Bad and the Ugly is an Italian film? It is. It's a directed by a man named Sergio Leone. Like, this is very bait. Like, there's mm. film nerds listening now. Like, yeah, we know. So, like, shut up. Stop, man. But it's, you know, if you don't know that, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people know that. But uh, Mish doesn't. Let me explain to Mish. <laughs> stop you. going at me, guys. Can Come you on. stop being so fucking rude to Zach? This is her opportunity to learn. Yeah. Anyway, it's an Italian filmmaker. And um, basically the way those films worked was um, they were making these sort of sort of kind of trashy films they were making these big um, epic, uh, like I think it was in vogue to make big like gladiator movies in Italy. And then in the 70s, this guy, Sergio Leone, started making westerns. And and essentially um, westerns were a really big genre in America in like the 50s. They'd sort of gone out of vogue. And then this Italian dude started making these western movies Mm -hmm. in Italian largely. Um, I think they filmed either in Spain um, and they okay. were like, they wanted the big name actors. They couldn't get them. Clint Eastwood at the time was just a TV actor, which back then was really like not great. On what show? Oh, some cowboy show. Oh, cool. So he was a bit whatever. And they were like, we can't get the big famous guys. We'll take Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood flew to Italy 
did the movies was like these are whatever movies. It was a thing that there was there was a lot of trashy Italian crappy movies that were kind of westerns. Every actor spoke in their own language. So you'd have Clint Eastwood going, get out of here. And then an Italian dude would be like, buongiorno. And then they would just dub it for each market. They got everyone to act in their own language and then they just dubbed it in Italian. That's so interesting. And then, um, and the whole thing was, it was basically, it was like the way, you know, um, the way people would go and make movies in, um, like ads in Japan. Yeah. Would just like Clint Eastwood was this TV actor for a bit of money, he went to Italy, he made this movie for Italy and was like, I'll never see that movie. No one will ever see that movie. And then it was so good yeah. that they dubbed it in English and it did well. And then I think he, they offered him the second one, which isn't technically a sequel. He's technically a different character, but it's so similar. And he was like, oh, well, he'd never seen the film. They like sent him a reel. He watched it in Italian. He's like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll do the second one. Mm. Then he did the third and then they like started releasing them in America. What's interesting though is it's an Italian guy that I don't know if he'd ever been to America. He created his own version of America. He created this gritty, real idea of America, of, of Mexico, of like that border of America based on films he'd seen, but also, like, based on his own imagination. Mm. Most of the Mexicans are played by Italians and Spanish people. He's, like, he created this idea of America. Hmm. So what I find very interesting is this gritty, realistic notion of what the West was, of what, like, of what Mexico is. It was, Mm. like, essentially created by an Italian dude in in Italy in the 70s. You're, look at you with your big brain. That's not. It's, no, it's, it's just a cool thing to it's just hold on to. The, the the notion that like what we think of as gritty, real cow mm. was almost entirely created by an Italian man from watching American, American movies. movies. It's yeah. it, it's it's its own cultural mm. conversation. And then I feel like this movie. There are points in My Name Is Earl where it's like. It feels like people that have never been to Mexico, even though it's like an hour's drive away, yeah. and they're basing their idea of Mexico on an Italian man from 40 years ago. That's so funny. It's like it feels like it's part of this. It's like I think they they must have filmed, they definitely filmed, did not go to Mexico to film yeah. it. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I love that so much. It just feels like it feels very um, – like it's like, oh, this is on a back lot. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Fascinating times. You, you wouldn't do it now. Oh, no. God, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Like you'd think that there'd be someone on the team, just someone who'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been there. <laughs> it's not like that. There. But it's almost like I think it's knowing. I. I think it's ironic, I, I, but, I, I, but also, you know, 2007, it was a lifetime ago now, man. <laughs> did, you, did you think that John Leguizamo was good in it? Yeah. Always. Do you know what I love about he's John? he's not Mexican. No, no, he's not Mexican. <laughs> he's Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what I love about John? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he, this is a slightly more trivial, but he always wears a red leather jacket. He loves it. He, he loves, loves they love jacket. putting him in a red, probably pleather jacket. And yet here we see it again. I would love to make some form of collage of John Leguizamo in red jacket because he loves to wear a red jacket or like a jacket with a red feature like in Land of the Dead where he had the red stripe. I think he was just doing a lot of stuff in in the 2000s and and leather jackets and red. But it's funny because the whole joke was that he was 80s. His aerial broke in 1988 Mm. so he hadn't gotten any – it's like – any news? That's like, what about newspapers? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fucked. What about newspapers? And they were bandits, but mm. like they did the violence of, um, you know, the cartels. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> that was the strangest thing. Was it was like, oh, no, there's bandits. And it's like, oh, yeah. So this is kind of an ironic idea of what an American. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to cut off his head. It's like, oh, so, but you're layering some cartel violence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking weird. Oh my goodness gracious me. Yeah, it was um fascinating, fascinating. Look, network comedy is not really my b- bag. Yeah, look, I mean it's hard. 
because I don't want to rag on everything. But you do. <laughs> but I do. Um, no, look, I don't. This did not inspire me to continue watching My Name Is Earl. If anything, it inspired me to watch Almost Famous again. Yes. Um, and I would. I wish John Leguizamo was in that film because I would really, really enjoy discussing that film. If anyone does want to watch My Name Is Earl, you can do it now on Disney Plus mm-hmm. on Star, mm-hmm. which is. Amazing! Yeah, my god! Oh my god! I remember it, when they Disney might as well Plus, just call it Misha's channel. When Disney Plus first came onto the scene, right? You know, and obviously, you know, Netflix is my daddy. Mm. But <laughs> when Disney Plus came onto the scene, I was like, oh, "Yeah, it's good, but it's very niche. Like, it's yeah. Disney. It's one brand, and Netflix is kind of did trying you have to be it? Did you get it? Yeah, and I, but I got it because I uh, wanted to watch The Mandalorian, and I didn't. Um, but we'll have to watch an episode of it soon. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's limited and the Disney brand is limited. And then and then I was like, they should buy Stan and then turn it into Hulu. And then it, what they did instead, they were, they were just like, Star, Star's a thing. It's a part of it. It's a part of it at Star. And here's every Fox movie ever. Yeah. I was like, that's why you spent $80 billion on Fox. <laughs> It's just so good. I watched What Lies Beneath. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. I watched Big Business, an excellent Bette Midler film. Love Bette Midler. Mm -hmm. Do you know that of me? Do you love Bette Midler? No, but it doesn't surprise me. I love Bette Midler. Um, I've watched, what else have I watched? I watched Hide and Seek. (gasps) Not sexy, but a thriller. Have you seen? Robert De Niro, Dakota Fanning when she was young. Oh, I oh. remember that. Yeah. Oh. I love it. I love it. I love a middling Robert De Niro thriller. Mm. So if you're thinking of watching My Name is Earl, maybe watch Hide and Seek instead. Or go back and watch the first three seasons of Arrested Development again. Or watch... I've never seen Arrested Development. I know. But you didn't have it's good. It's not I think as someone who would now call herself a comedian, I think it's not good that I haven't watched Arrested Development. I've also never watched Broad City. I've, I haven't watched. I've all never of Broad watched City. Thirty Rock. Okay, yeah. I think this is a problem. That was the other one I was going to say. Those are two. Uh, Thirty Rock and Arrested Development are the two best examples of network television. In but the last I can't week. understand what that means because instead of watching that, I watch shit reality television. Ask me anything about Jersey Shore. Yeah. No, I watch shit reality too. But it is good to, you know, if you want to be a comedy writer, watch. Why have I not watched those shows? Just, I don't know. But I would recommend, if you want to be a comedy writer, it's probably great. Right. Yeah, it. I think it's probably a good idea. Just chuck them on. Just chuck them on. <laughs> just chuck them on. Have a watch. Rest of development, first three seasons are just. So because you know how, and then, we, and then, we'll, then we'll wrap this up. You know how with the rest of development, no, you don't know. <laughs> you know how with network TV, I would say a big criticism is like a, a dearth of jokes or like mm. this, like, it's quick. It's like they, they're they like, well, we've got to cut to an ad break. We've only got 22 minutes. Mm. So what we're going to do is rather than, is we're going to cut the joke down to not, it's like, I feel like often with, it's like, oh, that needed another line. Mm. That needed another beat. That needed like more mm. that joke needed a little bit more to get me over the line mm. it was like da da whereas it needed to be da 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 yes. <laughs> you know what i mean yes, like it's always course, like yes. da da it's like okay that's great but cut some words and then you cut the words you lose the rhythm it's like and that feels like that often like the network shows Arrested Development was the oh, – they were just like, all right, we've got 22 minutes. Let's cram as much in as possible. Yeah. And it's also a great thing of the concept's good. The characters are phenomenal. There's like nine characters and they're all amazing and it's just like joke, 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 joke. Same with 30 Rock. 30 Rock is just joke, 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 joke. I should really watch them. I just think that all network shows really have going for them is like jokes mm. and those two shows just have jokes. Where I could have done with a few Okay. I understand. Do you remember the show Ally McBeal? Yeah. Remember they did the dancing baby? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that show being funny. You liked it? Like in the mid-90s. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, how many leg was Starmos? I just want to say one thing. Yep. The guy in the trailer next door. So you know how the whole plot was um, Jamie Presley, who's yes. really good. Yes. Really, really good. Oh, I love her. Um, not Kristen Chenowitz, who also kind of took her, like. Yeah, but like her and Margot Robbie are like the same. I think that Jamie's a little bit older. Yes, yeah, no, that's exactly like by like by ten. There's ten years probably there. Yeah, but like, but it's funny because Jamie Presley came up in like the two thousands, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, she's just she's just about it, you know. Like, I think mm. people were very dismissive of her, and I was watching. I'm like, she's as good as Margot Robbie. Yeah, she's really she's good. Very funny. Um, but you know how the whole plot was? There was a trailer park, a trailer next to their trailer, yes. and the guy that doing the poo next door yeah. is in um, House of Cards. Heaps. What? He's in, uh, I wish I'd looked him up. Why don't you talk about your Leguistamo while I quickly look up who All this right, guy cool. was? Um, so it's John doing a bit of comedy. He does a funny dance. He wears a red jacket. Love that. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know who John Leguizamo was and I watched this episode of My Name is Earl, I don't think I would then go, who is that guy? And look into it, right? Yeah. So not my favourite Johnny performance. Um I, it has not inspired me to continue watching My Name is Earl. So, I mean, in that sense, the actor didn't serve the text. But also probably the best actor of the episode, as per most things he's in. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this a solid two Leguistamos because it didn't really – I think this was a, this was genuinely maybe a week on set but a very loose week and he just happened to be able to – he was able to do it nine to five. He fitted in. Yeah, he fitted in. He found a week to do it. He had a bit of spare time. Um, good quality Dad Guizamo, do we reckon? Yeah. 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 Dad Guizamo. Um, so yeah, two Leguistamos from me. Yeah, great. Not, not, I'm, I'm not ragging on the show that much. I think of the time, sure, it was kind of cute. Good kind of I thing. never loved it. I never loved it. It was never for me. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It, I just remember seeing the ads on the television and going, nah, I can skip that one. Yeah, I remember being excited because I love Kevin Smith and mm. then I watched two or three apps and I was like, oh, not for me. Yeah, I gotcha. thought this was for me. What's um, the Stamos and who is this man? So his name is uh, Jimmy Simpson and Jimmy? he would be great. He's been in some really – he's just this guy. This guy. Oh, yeah. And he was in Date Night. He was in Silk Road. I thought he was in more than that. Anyway, <laughs> Westworld. House Cards. Yeah. Anyway, thought that was pretty cool. Uh, having just watched John Leguizamo and I think one of his best comedic performances in um, Sisters. Sisters, thought it was fun. Um, yeah, like I thought it would have been a fun little gig for him to do. Um, I love, I love someone doing like you know, the awkwardness of someone inserting themselves into like other people's shows is mm. always interesting. Like, guess I reckon being a guest on it on another show would be tough. Mm. I thought he did a solid job, but, you know, what is a Leguistamo? Really? What is a Leguistamo? And and I think really at its core it's how Leguistamo it was. Mm-hmm. He was doing some good Leguistamo stuff. Quality Leguistamo stuff. But it was a casting. Yep. They didn't write that thinking of Leguistamo. I no. think they wrote the part and then they thought who would be good and I think the casting director was like, I could see if Leguizamo was interested and they'd be like, oh, yeah, he'd be great. Mm. That's what it felt like. Okay. It felt like, what about John Leguizamo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got budget for yeah. like guest actors. I'd be willing to bet that when we post this on Instagram, the picture saying new episode or whatever and John sees it, he's going to be like, oh, I remember that, but he hasn't thought of it in years. Yeah. I don't think, I think they could have had anyone else play that part. Mm-hmm. Probably a Mexican. And <laughs> um, anyone could have played that part and they would have done a fine job. Yeah. He did a good job, but it. W- you know what? You know what I want to see? What? I want to see my name is John Leguizamo. Oh, my name is Legs. My name is Johnny Legs. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Let's hope that, that that show comes out in three years. Though, I think so there's quite a few pilots, quite a few pilots and uh, maybe season ones of that mm. that we have to get through. Yeah. I think they've had a crack at that. Anyway, uh, he wasn't in a heap. Two and a half. Two and a half Legostamos. Beautiful. Mish, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Zach. And people 
listening, please let me know about what the fuck unschooling is because I don't want to look it up, but I like reading your DMs. So thank you so much. Oh, yes. And to our listeners, um, mine and Mish's comedy festival show, <laughs> Mish and Zach kicking each other in the face for an hour <laughs> has sold out. So you can't buy any tickets. Whoopsie. But I will say this actually, genuine question. Do you think that Zach and I should do live podcasts from time to time oh, at yeah. festivals? Yeah. Are you asking I, me? I'm asking the listeners. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it's like the screenings. Um, we yeah. didn't do it for my, com- for my comedy festival, for Melbourne International Comedy Festival. But maybe sometime in the future that's something we could look into, if yeah. that's something you're interested in. Anyway, thank Hooray. you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.